was broken down. I was living in a hotel room, working odd jobs. And I went in this bar. It was called the Ponderosa. Mm-hmm. I seen this guy putting some hot sauce in his beer. Yeah. And like a fool, I bet him $100 I could drink more hot sauce than he could. The bartender overheard this and came back out with two 12-ounce glasses of hot sauce. I said, oh, no. Yeah, he took a sip, and then he put his money back in his pocket. Right. I said, what's wrong? You chicken? He picked up the glass and drank the whole damn thing. And then he started to turn in different shades of red, and he ran around the pool table. He was going, woo, woo, woo. He ran around the pool table like five times, and then he ran out the door. At the lounge. At the lounge. At the lounge. At the lounge. I've got some obligations at the lounge. There's someone I gotta see. My boys are waiting on me. I got some obligations at the lounge. I'm gonna look at the barber shop shirt that I made you that's uh, fading rapidly. I know. I like to make my art like not, it won't withstand that much time. You know, you got to love it now, and yeah. then you got to also have a little bit of, like, a monk practice of, you can't hold on to everything forever. Nothing's precious. It's precious for now. It's precious for now, but you yeah. got to let it go at some point. Yeah. But I tell you what, I got so many compliments on this shirt the other night really? from, from the gang here at BJ's. Cool. From uh, Austin and Teal. Oh, and, I and they're like, them so. she, She's like, wow, that's so fucking cool. I need to stop doing this thing where I I just like kind of like the idea of keeping the art of gift giving and like just expecting it to continue in a cycle with other people instead of like a back and forth thing yeah. that I anytime somebody will be like oh that's a cool t-shirt and I'm like I made it and they're like oh that's awesome do you make more and I'm like well you can just I'll show you what markers and you can make your own and that'd be cool too right and instead of being like yes I'd love to make $40 <laughs> and I'll make you a beautiful t-shirt instead I'm like it's super easy. You could do it yourself. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I know. I should stop doing that. It's but like I kind of like it, you know? Well, I mean... Uh, I like people to feel like it's not unattainable to make these... To make stuff. Like, it's it's usually easier. Not easier, but it's usually like a simpler uh, equation than the world wants you to think. Well, and it is nice to like be able to make something unique to give to somebody. Yeah. You know, like if you're gift giving, you know, it's like can be so hard sometimes. I'm not good at it. And But like if you just have a T-shirt, a blank T-shirt and you put something on it yeah. and you give it to somebody and then it means something to them. I mean, just for the listener, the shirt that I'm wearing is oh, right, yeah. is sort of a replica of uh, a painting that Howie did about the barber chair, which is good that we're talking about this now because. Oh, yeah. It's we, in the interview. We have an artist on today. Yes. Um, but I have the t-shirt and it's getting worn down because I do wash my clothes occasionally. Yeah, we're not that <laughs> dirty here. <laughs> um, when it comes down to it, when I notice that I have like no underwear left, basically, is yeah. when I have to do the laundry. But I'm trying to get better 
You, know you don't go to, to Walmart and just get some new chonies. What Amazon? I can just go oh. next day. I get some clean underwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, I'm I'm getting better at that. But anyway, this T-shirt is very cool, and I'm very thankful for it. And I'm thankful for a lot of things. And yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, uh, you know, I was thinking about this episode mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going out of town. I'm going to Kansas City for Thanksgiving, so there's not going to be another episode before that. So I am kind of considering this our Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, let's call it the Giving Thanks episode. That sounds great. Instead of Thanksgiving. The Giving Thanks episode. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Thanksgiving might be a little loaded. Well, it's just... We are giving a lot of thanks today. And uh, it was the first time we've ever started an episode with music. True. I know. Uh, That's that is kind of holiday like. Start the cheer from the beginning. And there is nothing more cheerful than the Daiquiri Queens. That's true. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Yeah. I have been, you know, I was not a big Cajun music fan until I really started uh booking the bands at BJ's. Sure. And uh, you know, Cajun music it it is one of the it is a type of music that is so joyful. It's fucking awesome. I think it's some of the best. And and really, you know, and I, you know, I mix these whenever we record. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a multi-track recording. Uh, we don't, we can't mic everything that we'd like to because we still are pretty primitive over here. But yeah. we do our best. And like when I get to mix these things, I really get to listen. You know. Yeah. And like, what is going on in that music? Is <laughs> is so like there is so much going on between. The fiddle, mm-hmm. the accordion, and, and the rhythm, you know, and the vocal, like the, the way the accordion works with the drum, with the percussion, yeah. it's like this, it is, it is, it is like hypnotic, man. Like when I listen to it and it, you, and I love it about this, this music, you know, for the Daiquiri Queens, when they sing together, you know, mm-hmm. Miriam and Jamie Lynn, um, it's just like, Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, Cajun music, Creole music, Zydeco, all that, all of that just, I don't know, it's just incredible. It sure puts you in a good mood. Can you dance? Can you Cajun dance? I cannot Cajun dance. Uh, Teddy's tried to teach me before, and it it wasn't, you know, I was probably too drunk to learn. Well, But maybe, the, maybe Cajun people would be like, that's the perfect time to learn, and you just need to do it. Well, I'm doing it. Okay, cool. I mean, I'd love to become a better partner dancer. Come, you can come with me, CC Adcock, my buddy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he invited me for my birthday. Okay, okay. he gave me. A, 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 he's like, I got this guy who can teach you how to Cajun dance. Okay. So uh, Sarah and I are going to go to love Lafayette it. and get lessons. Okay. Are We're, you going to like a private studio? Or are you just going to a bar? I don't know yet, but okay. you guys are welcome to come when we go. All right. I mean, honestly, I might take you up on that. I mean, this is like... I'd love to come in like it just all sly and just come to the next show and I'm just kicking ass. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, This is a bucket list thing for me. I get that. Yeah. It's hard to not feel like a super confident partner dancer in New Orleans. Yeah. You know, it it makes things less fun. It sure does. I had... uh, 
I had uh, somebody pull me up to the stage for the Americana Fest. It was yeah. it was the after party. We had it was so great. This the fest it was such a, a love fest. But mm-hmm. I was working, you know, and going kind of crazy the whole day because it's yeah. a lot when you have seven bands and you have two stages, actually three stages. But we won't get into that. Yeah. But <laughs> but when when Chris Acker was up there in mm-hmm. the for the after party at about eleven or so, ten or eleven. Grace Kennedy, where you at, Grace? Um, she pulled me, and she's like, Scully, you did such a good job. She pulled me to the front, right. and she twirled me a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, loosen, loosen up. you up. Yeah, yeah loosen yeah, up, yeah. dude. You did a great job. You're, you're pretty much done here. And I was yeah. like, thank goodness, and I, and I felt really good. But I was also like, God damn, I wish I could dance. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, I mean, you can dance. Anyone can dance, but... yeah. But yeah, being a confident partner dancer makes, I assume, makes things a lot of fun. Yeah, well... It's gonna happen. I need to get it done. It's my, uh, it's my resolution. It's my giving thanks resolution. I'm making it right now. Okay, done. We'll keep we'll keep you uh, posted, up. listener, on on how well I can dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'll, I'll try to get some video of that. So, um, uh, giving thanks. Uh, so yeah, we're just thankful for everybody. Yeah. Um, the Daiquiri Queens. Um, what a great show. Um, Americana Fest went really well. Thank you, everybody, for coming, and thank you for all the musicians for playing. That was so great. Um, I just re- I got an email from Glass Half Full. Oh yeah, this is super cool. The other day, these facts are super <laughs> dorky and awesome. Yeah, um, and so like, uh, so the, every six months they'll send you this thing, and I think that's why everybody. You know, it's one of those reasons everybody, if if you can afford it, you know, get your glass two glass half full so that they can yeah. turn it into sand and help save the wetlands or restore the wetlands. Um, what are some things? What, what, yeah, what I want to list off some of these facts because yeah. it, it did kind of blow my mind. It's They send you like a six-month progress report. And just for BJ's, um, it says that we have, this is how many pounds of glass diverted from landfills, um, 4,248 pounds. That's a lot of pounds. I mean, I'm just saying yeah <laughs> um and we uh, lifted every yeah. one of those pounds honestly though yeah we did we did um uh eight thousand four hundred and ninety six beer bottles were diverted from landfills and then they put these kind of far out facts in there if we stacked those beer bottles one on top of the other it would be six and a half times the height of the eiffel tower Hello. And 1.4 times the length of Bourbon Street from Esplanade to Canal. That's a lot of beer. That's a f- that's a shit ton of beer. <laughs> Some of those are non-alcoholic beers. That is true. We do have a good selection of <laughs> NA beers for all of you sober people that we love. Yeah. So uh, I'm thankful for that. It's good to know that we are uh, well. Not we're not putting that in the landfill. You know. Yeah. I mean. Um, yeah wow i was just thinking about all the time i've spent at the dump you love it over there don't you i don't love it i honestly (laughs) like i'm i don't know there's like a line in a song that's that i've been working on that's just like talks about how you can't smoke at the landfill because the birds will blow up you know Mm. but all these birds they eat there like they're hanging out there and it's kind of surreal and yeah oh i know i've been there um it's apocalyptic for sure yeah it's a it's a funky scene but um I don't know. I'm just thinking about all these beer bottles not there. So that's pretty great. Yeah, it's a it's a good thing, man. Um, so thank you. We are thankful for Glass Half Full. We are, yes. Um, I'm also thankful uh, 
maybe more than anything right now mm-hmm. for the event we're having on Thursday. We're recording yeah. on Tuesday right now. Mm-hmm. Hope to have this this uh, episode up by Tuesday night. Um, but we have an event on Thursday. Uh, yes. Um, what is it? It's the Palestine Relief Fund is pretty much what we're doing. Right. Um, yeah. uh, a bunch of bands are playing. A lot of the community members have come together and to put on this event. Um, there's going to be like merch sellers are yep. going to be there. Yep. Um, Lil is going to have a batch cocktail mm-hmm. um, that they're selling. And uh, what are all the bands that are playing? We okay. Roll through them. Okay. We have... Uh, the Wits and Brass Band's going to start out 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 back, um, and then uh, Phoebe's Greek Band is going to play out back. Okay, yeah, um, they're going to start it off right from six to eight, and then we're going to come inside. I think uh, at about eight o'clock, uh, Norteños del Sur mm-hmm. are going to play. Then Los Giros, both and then, awesome. Um, Chris Acker and Sabine McCullough are going to close it out solo. Okay, um, so um, super great talent. Um, and we're just feel so fortunate to ha- be able to have a space where w- that we can provide, um, uh, support for the Palestinian people of our community who, you know, who need that support right now during this ongoing crisis. It's, yeah. it's tough. And, uh, you know, uh, BJ's is a community space. Mm-hmm. Neighborhood bars are not just about cheap drinks. <laughs> no. No. And it, it's it, it dirty floors and dirty ceilings. Oh my God. And, uh, <laughs> and by, you know, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, they, there's, it, it, no, they're just important. This, this is one of those things where, um, you know, this is sort of what we, you know, we're here for, you know, and, uh, uh, we're really, I'm really excited for it. I'm really thankful that the organizers reached out to us and that we were able yeah. to, to, uh, you know, step up. BJ's is, is, is unique because we have this big backyard. Um, yeah, we can fit quite a lot of people. Yeah. And, and so sometimes for fundraisers like this, you know, where you expect a lot of people, we can accommodate them. And, yeah. uh, I think there's going to be a whole lot of love and support in the air and great music and great food mm-hmm. and great merch. And yeah. pretty much our entire staff is going to be here. Oh yeah. Every, I, I mean, mean, every, all the communities, everybody. Yeah. Everybody's coming um, out. And, uh, so we're excited for that and, and really, um, thankful. Hello. We're super thankful. Yeah. yeah. I mean this morning and I mean like I guess every day all of us are just watching all these videos of people speaking. And uh, this morning I was watching a video of um, a Palestinian-American poet and doctor. He's both um, Fatty Judah. And uh, he talks about the bizarre collective psychosis in mainstream U.S. media that where they're pretty much allowing, the language is allowing the erasure of Palestinians just decade after decade. And in response to that, I just feel like our job is to provide space and platform to amplify Palestinian voices in like any way that we can. And the fact that we have this space, it's just an obvious choice. Like yeah. throw this event yeah. and allow the community members to um, come together and raise money. Um, all the door money is going to go towards uh, the humanitarian aid mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be awesome. Just come. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, Howie. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, you know, you know, to, to end out our intro, mm-hmm. you know, um, we do have a, a great um, artist and uh, just genuinely 
interesting regular bj's regular very interesting regular, as, as our yes. guest um uh, you've probably uh, seen him hanging around yeah um he loves his budweiser um <laughs> and uh yes and his dog and uh and his art and we could even say that this is somewhat of a of a um visual art edition of yeah, obligations yeah, yeah. at the lounge all of our episodes are usually about music which we uh, all love yeah and support but it's nice to have a, a painting episode yeah yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, our Howie is also a painter. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm wearing, uh, her some, sh- the, some shirt, merch. the shirt that <laughs> she gave me and that is by design, um, because I am thankful that Howie is my wow. friend. Wow. I'm thankful for you too. And, uh, I'm thankful for this podcast cause, uh, it's really been, uh, more than, I expected it would be, and it brings me a lot of joy. I know, yeah. I remember when we started talking about doing this, and I was kind of in this moment of being like, okay, I should probably stop partying so much, you know? But I also don't want to stop hanging out at the bar. And so, you know, being able to figure out a way to still be super engaged with the community and with the bar while also trying to, like, focus on doing other projects and, like, not being drunk all the time it was kind of a perfect moment of just uh mm-hmm. oh cool we can still talk about the bar and be at the bar all the time but in a super intentional and productive way yeah and it's been awesome well cool man yeah um all right well uh we're gonna hear uh another snippet <laughs> from the great daiquiri queens okay cool i yeah. didn't know what if you were gonna say daiquiri queens or rebel no okay <laughs> We're just doing lots of clips, uh, clips, um, clips. Yeah, so uh, we are going to run uh, a snippet of Daiquiri Queens into uh, John Rebel Carr. Yes, full um, name. Uh, we'll hear an interview from him, uh, and then we'll hear a full Daiquiri Queen song at, at the, the end, end of the yeah. episode, as well as a few clips uh, from Rebel. Some oh yeah, stories. there's going to be some bonus stuff some at bonus the end. Some bonus stuff at the end. So maybe like y'all should be partner dancing while you're listening to this episode. Please. Uh, maybe we should too. All right. Okay. You ready? Let's, <laughs> no, let's go. Ready. Here we go. Oh right. my God. All right. Here's Daiquiri Queen. One, two, three, four. Go.
Rebel in the Lounge. That was a nice rendition of Chances Are, Reb. D- would you like to do another one? Oh, now we're recording. He's like, no, no. Yeah, it's the only song I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll, d- we'll we'll do like a a quartet at the end. What's it called when three people sing together? Trio. Jesus. Oh my God. The Erase fuck? that part. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no, that's staying. We're keeping keeping that. Um, Whatever. This is a episode about visual art for once. This is an episode about visual <laughs> art. Oh, will you get that door? Speaking of visual art, it's a beautiful door. But it's open. All right, close out the world. We're now in, in obligations at the lounge land. With. Okay, hello. With. Hello. The <laughs> the uh, great artist, mm-hmm. um, great uh, truck driver. Well, I don't know. Are you great at that? I used to be. Yeah, great <laughs> truck driver. Uh, and just uh, overall kick-ass regular at BJ's. Been coming uh, here for 20 years or so, right? Longer than that. Longer than that. Okay. I wonder if you've been coming to BJ's longer than I have. Probably so. But when was the first year you you, uh, crossed that threshold? Probably around 1981. You've been coming to BJ's longer than I have. (laughs) Double the length of you. (laughs) No shit. I didn't realize it went back that far. Well, uh, I don't keep track of the years too good. Yeah. Um, It was a weird bar back then. Still weird (laughs) now. Weird in different ways, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, how was it weird back then? What What would you What was it like in 1981? Yeah, rather gloomy with a tougher cast of characters, you might say. Yeah. Yeah. Not the uh, Not the soft, sensitive types like me and Howie, huh? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when I uh, okay, so I walked in there, uh, what, 96, maybe 97, um, and it was still a tougher cast of characters than it is now, you know? Yeah, probably so. They have, couldn't keep a bartender too long in there, you know? Yeah, yeah. People were moving on and going places. Well, it's just the, the neighborhood was a bit rougher, I'd say, probably, right? Well, the neighborhood was still cool, but... It's always been a little bit clicky, and you might want to pack something with you from time to time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Protect yourself. A firearm, probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, for somebody like you who's seen this place for so, been at BJ's for so long, I mean, you've, you know it better, better than almost anybody around right now, because um, 1981... Uh, that would have been right right around when Carlos and Duan bought the place, right? Yeah, about that time. Yeah, did you know them? Is that why you passed by? or? Uh, not actually. I lived in the neighborhood off and on back in them days. Yeah. But uh, I was hanging out more in the French Quarter back in them times. Yeah. But they had a lot of different bars around here too then, a lot of the places have been tore down and long forgotten since then. Yeah, like what? What bars around here? That you oh, they had Ruez's 
They had some place up on uh, Rampart, St. Cloud. Uh-huh. I can't even remember the name of that one. Yeah. Uh, Is that kind of like by Mel- where Melvin's was? or? Uh, no, it was more closer right up here. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, Johnny Kip would know that better than me. He knew the name of them clubs. Yeah, I know. I, we need to interview Big Johnny Kip at some point. Yeah, yeah, we're hoping to be able to do that. Yeah, he grew up in the in the hood yeah. all his life, never lived nowhere else. Yeah, he told me about the, the broom factory that was across the street from his house and stuff. Like, all these <laughs> different things. like there's a broom factory in this neighborhood, like not, not very far away. Yeah, that but seems crazy. Yeah, yeah, the brooms were made by blind people. <laughs> Is I that guess real? they never really got to test them. Is that, that real? <laughs> Is that real? <laughs> I don't think that's real, Howie. Yeah, that's real. What? Yeah. For real? Yeah, blind people worked in that broom factory. Was there a reason or? Now this is this is you now you piqued my interest, because that sounds a lot like a rebel joke. Yeah, that sounds like a joke. No, it's not a joke. Okay, it's not a joke. So blind. That's the way I heard it. So like it was why they so it was some type of a charitable organization that provided work for blind people and by employing. Yeah, probably was. Yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, that's cool. I think we got we go, we best dig deeper on that one. I know we keep talking about having to dig deep on some stuff, and this is clearly one of those things. Yeah, I know. I mean, so because we've been, you know, Rev, we've been like interviewing people, and um, we kind of scratched the surface of the history of the neighborhood and stuff. I don't know. Have you listened to any of the episodes? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the answer to that. Yeah, me too. Uh, but uh, you know, so. I actually emailed a professor at Tulane this week. Right. Um, Campanella, Ray Campanella, I believe. Uh, and he got back to me that same day and he said, here's how, you know, here's more about how to research this right. kind of stuff. So um, shout out to uh, Dr. Campanella. I, I assume. Yeah, I don't I, know. You know, but he's also written all, all kinds of great historical stuff about uh, New Orleans. So cool. I couldn't believe, you know, that's a legit person. Who could, you know, I don't even get back to my own mother on the same day. Yeah, I you mean, know? you know, he's a he's a teacher. You were a teacher. Yeah, but it's not that crazy. Well, I, I just appreciate it. That's all. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I also appreciate Rebel coming in because um, I've been trying to get after you for a while now. Yeah, I know. I finally gave in. Finally gave in. <laughs> I think it was the lure of the beer. Yeah, it was the Budweiser. <laughs> absolutely, it was. So I guess what I feel like we should start just when did you start coming to New Orleans? Like you lived down here in the 80s, but you're from Florida. Yeah. Yep. One day I hit the road hitchhiking. New Orleans, the first place I stopped. Okay. And you just decided to stick around. Well, I didn't really stick around. I hitchhiked around the country for a couple of years. Came back to New Orleans a few times. Sure. I walked in Johnny White's bar one time with a duffel bag on my shoulder. Johnny White was in there, and he asked me what I was doing. I said, I'm looking for a job. He handed me a handful of nickels and a phone book and said, get me a job working on the boats out in the Gulf. So I did that for a few years. Okay. Wow. And uh, was that was that like longshore work? Was that fishing? Oh, it was working on boats. Oh, okay. Deckhand. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah cool job make a bunch of money and bend it and then go back to work right 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 was that is that a situation where it's like three weeks on three weeks off that kind of deal more like two and two okay cool were you able to um hold on to all that a lot of that money that you uh earned on the boats 
Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> so Johnny, what the Johnny White? All right, the Johnny White. So John, Johnny White's bar still uh, in French Quarter, probably not owned by Johnny White. Sure. Yeah, but I don't think that place is that. That whole genre has changed. Yeah, it's not, but it's still there. Yeah, the bar is there. It's still sort of a, a a dive over there. I mean, it's not. It's a uh, clearly a tourist place because what's it on Bourbon Street, right? But uh, so yeah, John, right. what was Johnny Johnny White's history like? He he was kind of famous for something, right? Or he was just a bar owner. I don't know if he was famous. He was famous to the people that drank there for fifty years. <laughs> <laughs> Heard that, but uh, so he said. So you go in there and you're what in your in your teens, twenties, something like that, and you're like, man, I need a job. Yeah, and, I was about 18, 19 by then. And he must have taken a liking to you. And he probably goes, well, here, man, here's a here's a phone book and some nickels. Go use the pay phone and start calling some places if you want to get a job. Yeah. Fuck I, yeah. I wind That's up really down nice, at Golden Meadow. I know. Working on a boat. That's good. Man. Well, that, it makes sense to me because it seems like, like you know, as a truck driver, I, you know, I've no, I know that you were a truck driver for years, but it sounds like you like, it, it's like seasonal work is the kind of thing that you like. Like working a regular nine to five doesn't sound like the kind of thing you, you'd like to do. Exactly. I like to wake up on the job. That's why I worked offshore and worked on trucks. Right. You don't punch no time clock because you're already there. Uh, that's a good point. I like that too. Plus they feed you. Yeah. And then, and so you just you just continually working, and then when you're done, you've, you've amassed a certain amount of money, and you can go chill for a little bit. Mm, if you can call that chilling, yeah. <laughs> Walking tall, more like it. Yeah, uh, you know, or if you're like Rebel, you wisely invest it. In beer. In, <laughs> in beer and gambling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, so. I, I, I've liquidated most of my assets. <laughs> <laughs> and we thank you for that. <laughs> um, uh, so when did you start, switch from boats to truck driving? Well, I went into sandblasting and painting for several years oh, shit. after the boats. That sounds nine to five to me. Oh, no. I, you wake up on the rig working 12 and 15-hour oh, days. I got you. They were good days for me. Yeah. I met a lot of people. Some of them came in BJ's a long time ago. Uh-huh. We had a crew, man, a real crew. Yeah. Do I know any of those names, you think, from well, back then? Big John Frisbee worked in the bar for a while. Mm. Uh, another guy named George Struges. Uh, it came around, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. So worked. that was all work on rigs, like o on oil rigs. Yeah. Okay. Painted oil rigs. Dangerous work. Yeah. You had to, you had to trust the people you worked with, and we partied hard and we got off work, man. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, one of my friends who uh, is from here, he uh, brought me out to the Shrimp and Petroleum Festival, um, and that was crazy. There's like a whole festival out there, and they're cooking up all the shrimp, and we did a tour of an oil rig out there because I'd never been on one. It was quite interesting. Yeah, I've been on about 100 of them. That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> you could have given the tour. Well, that's, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's its own subculture and of, of people. Um, I'll bet. I'll bet. Probably. Would you say most of them are partiers? Uh, sandblasters and painters were. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're all kind of 
injure ourselves too much, you know, to get married and have kids and all that kind of crap. We're right. Just, we're just young, uh-huh. hard partiers. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that. Um, you know, I would have liked to do that, that kind of work. I mean, I you know, going on the boats and and staying off for, uh, like you said, Reb, waking up at the jo- on the job. Mm-hmm. That sounds more, uh, you know, I, when I was working as a teacher or as a carpenter and the whole nine to five thing, it just don't seem natural. It's a routine, man. Yeah, it's yeah, a routine. you get stuck. That's why I love owning the bar because, like, I wake up on the job basically because I'm always doing it, you know. Yeah. But I do my schedule's somewhat flexible, you know, because I'm just always doing stuff related to BJ's. Right. Um, but, you know, if I got to pick up my kid, I can pick up my kid unless I'm doing a podcast. And yeah. I forget about it. But uh, uh, that makes sense for me, Rebel, because you seem like a free spirit. I try to stay that way. Yeah. Well, it yeah. makes me curious because, um, as we mentioned in the beginning, you're a painter. And, um, I mean, I for me, I always like working jobs where I allow myself a lot of other time to be able to make work because I also am a painter and a sculptor. So it's important to me to be able to do my other work. And so doing nine to five jobs sometimes can be hard, but also doing jobs where you're two weeks on nonstop and then you're tired when you get off, that can be hard too. So I guess I'm wondering, when did you start making art and like, did you, how did you allow yourself time to make it? Well, I never was too good in school, but, uh, I think I mastered finger painting in kindergarten. <laughs> That's as far as you had to go right there. You got a lot of A's, on you know, early A's, and can you remember in kindergarten uh, getting praised uh, for your work? I got at least one A. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they say uh, he can't read too well and his math sucks, but boy, can he finger paint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's for the listener, uh, Rebel, you know, his name is, is John Carr. And uh, he is a uh, an artist, a painter, mm-hmm. a folk artist, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, we have several of his pieces in the bar. And if you come in and ask, like, show us the John Carr paintings, you know, we'll, we'll show them to you. Uh, it, they, they are uh, definitely unique and classic pieces. Um, I remember when I was working um, with Dean over at the shop. Um, so I did cabinetry and I worked right. in, a, in a cabinet shop for a while and I was doing the spray, the lacquer uh, spray on all the furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Rebel would come by um, with his w- with his art and I would sp- lacquer the front. So yeah, sure, sure, sure. I put like two or, put two, a gloss or on two or three coats on it and it really made made the colors pop. Sure. So I know you've been painting for at least 20 years. That's right. Yeah. I remember you got in a heap of trouble from Dean for doing that too. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think one time I did. Get He's like, "Where's all the fucking lacquer?" He's <laughs> like, "I gave it away." No, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm a bunch of times Dean. T- you came in and talked to him and said, "Hey, can I get this?" And, I, and then I do it. But I lied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I got. Uh, I got a little. Dean was very uh, uh, generous to me and and. Uh, my uh, dumb behavior I, yeah i was not in, in the best space i that was like when i was morning 40s were at sure. its peak and i was playing shows and boy i'd stand up all night and still and rolling into work like give me the where's the spray gun and, oh for sure we've uh, all had those jobs but um uh like when you you're in your art uh what kind of stuff do you look for when, when, when you're trying to when you're figuring out what you're going to paint like wh- how do you decide what you're going to paint 
Well, it kind of varies. I, li- I like doing commission stuff, but most of the time I just start painting and it turns into something along the way. Okay. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one we have, at in, well, we have two. We have one in the bar. Well, it's kind of hanging up high in the back, which is a Native American smoking a peace pipe. Um, and then we have the one of uh, uh, Billy Ding. Right? Yeah, the no, I, di- I, I didn't do the Billy Dang thing. No. Oh, no. We have we have the video poker one. The po- the one of the poker game. Oh, yeah, yeah, right yeah. Right by yeah. the poker machine. Yes. Yeah. Is that why you like to hang out by the poker machine so much? <laughs> Looking at your own work. <laughs> right. <laughs> Seeing if it still looks good. <laughs> it does look good. It does. It's perfect. It's kind of like the little patron saint of the poker machine over there. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but great artist. Um and also, I remember back then, you were toying around with stand-up comedy. What? Yeah. He was sending me, he used to send me voice memos or, or recordings of his jokes what that he would make. What the fuck are you talking about would, right now? That he would make on, when he was truck driving, he'd be driving, he'd be coming up with jokes and shit. Yeah, and I'd get bored and make stupid tapes on a little <laughs> mini cassette recorder. Sure. Bought. They, they, were, they were really, really funny. I mean, it was like... Are you going to start doing stand-up on our open mic nights on Tuesdays? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I don't just... Have, I've got some material, but it's too sensitive for the folks around here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. <laughs> Keep it in the truck. Keep yeah. it in the truck. Yeah. I feel that. Well, um, one of the things whenever, uh, you know, Rebel and I are we are our, our souls are are tied together right and, and, what are you and talking I'll about? tell you why okay it's because um during Katrina um uh rebel and I uh, spent some I remember you telling me about really this yes heavy uh heavy time together and as this went um so I was staying in mid city mm-hmm. um and uh on a second floor in a second floor building and uh it got flooded and it turned out that everybody in the house had the helicopter came and picked up everybody in the house. And then when it was, uh, me and, um, uh, my, uh, my ex-wife's time to get picked up, Mm -hmm. they said, we we're out of gas. We can't pick you up. Oh shit. Yeah. So the next morning I didn't want to wait. And we had a cat back at the house on May's aunt in Bywater. And I was like, I need to go check on this cat and everything. And so I go through the water with a, I put a bike on my back and I go through the water mm-hmm. and I get um, to dry land. We didn't even know if there was dry land right. in, in, in the bywater around the Claiborne overpass is where it became dry land. Mm-hmm. And I got on the bike and I, and I rode down and I got tears in my eyes, you know, cause I'm seeing, oh my God, it's dry. Like this right. is our, our neighborhood is, is safe. And I roll up and <laughs> I get to, I forget which corner, I was probably coming down Royal, and I think it was like Royal and Alvar, and I see the regulars from BJ's, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm crying, and then of course I wipe my eyes, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm crying, <laughs> I'm crying, and, and, and Rebel's there, and he goes, uh, you might have been the first person I saw, and I was just so happy to see people, and, uh, and Rebel goes, you want a warm one? <laughs> <laughs> You're like yes, please, because <laughs> uh, there was no ice. Right, uh, of course. But uh, the the regulars, several of the regulars at BJ's, had set up basically a a, a corner store mm. um, with goods that you know had been 
you know picked up wherever right um and then uh and then red and, and so i my my ex and uh this dog that we rescued was still in mid city mm-hmm. and so i had to go back and get get her and and the dog and i you know and so I went around and I said, you know, who has a boat? Right, right. Does anybody have a boat? And sure enough, uh, uh, you had uh, a little boat. Phil had a boat. Oh, okay. Phil had a boat. F- Phil, yeah. And then, uh, and then, who had the oars? Uh, I think it was Johnny Kippers had the oars. Yeah. And then I go and so I pull up, and I got the boat and the oars, and I pull up to the next to the, that place where everybody was kind of staked out. Right. Everybody had their guns and everything. I mean, it, this was like at the point where all is lawless, you know. Sure, it, yeah. It, I mean, there was nothing. Every barter system had already ta- come in. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, hey, does anybody want to go with me to Mid City to to uh, to to rescue my my wife and and this and this dog? And nobody raised their hand. Yeah. Except Rebel. Rebel did. Oh hell yeah! He said, "I'll go." Fuck yeah! <laughs> I know. That's awesome. Uh, and then you got her. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Remember, you remember that, Reb? I remember it well. Uh, I, I remember we smoked something and we were growing our ass off with <laughs> cotton mouth. <laughs> Made it twice as hard. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, because, I mean, it, you probably had to carry that that boat pretty far to get to the water. Well, I had a van. So, oh, okay, so, good. So we okay, put it in good. the van and we backed it up to the water and, okay, let, and left the van there. Um and then uh, we rode, and we had to row quite a ways. Yeah. Um, uh, it was on Rendon Street is where I was staying. Uh, and uh, we ran into a dude. Remember, there was a guy in the water? Freckles. <laughs> yeah. Freckles? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was he doing? There was this black dude named Freckles. He, he said, call me Freckles. Okay, And cool. he was he was just in the water floating around on like a, a, a styrofoam cooler. Oh, he was chilling. Yeah. And he was not chilling, though. I think he was in shock or something. Oh, but shit. But he's like, he had water. I think he had water, right? Yeah. Yeah, he gave it. He oh, gave he had like fresh water. Yeah, in water bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, as Rebel said, we, we had some pretty bad cotton mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you needed the water. Wow, that's kind of like a little uh, like a spirit man that was yeah, like yeah, helping y'all out. It, it was this, this black guy, and he had that's freckles. Cool. And, he, and, and we said thanks. Uh, and he said, uh, he said, uh, just call me Freckles. Cool. And, uh, and we yeah. said, we said we'll catch you on the way back, and we'll you know we, we'll get some stuff from the house. But he wasn't there. Yeah. He wasn't there. All the people we ran into were on their way to the Superdome. Oh shit! Yeah, 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 it, was, yeah. it was a slow wade, believe me. Right. Yeah, it was it was rough, and I I, <laughs> I remember. Another thing Rebel said, you, you go, do you remember what you said when we saw a helicopter flying up, up above us? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you said, you said, man, I hope they don't try to rescue us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be me. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but because you really did not want to get rescued at that point. I right, mean, right, Because right. you'd just be stuck at the Superdome or, or some shit. Yeah, yeah right. Um, so we were... When y'all had, y'all had dry places to stay. Yeah, and we uh, we had dry places to stay. And as I said, you know, a whole bunch of, of, uh, of goods. And, uh, you know, it was hot as shit. And, but then, there were, you know, I remember that the ice place... Uh, the corner of the fish place ended right. up being busted into, and everybody. I got two big trash bags full of ice. Totally. And I would use that to barter with people. I think I got yep. s- some weed. From ice. I mean, that makes money. sense. Yeah, ice is important. Yeah. 
Um, you know, my, my favorite part was when uh, Carlos told me to take whatever I wanted out of the storeroom of the bar. Oh, shit. I got like 10 cases of beer. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I, he put a stop to me when I started coming out with the four packs of Guinness. <laughs> I got like 10 cases of Budweiser, or, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, you're taking advantage at this point. Well, you need I knew the hurricane was coming, and I, I parked my pickup truck in the, at the... Uh, casino parking garage uh-huh and i walked home right and then after the hurricane i walked down there and got it mm-hmm. of course i disabled it where nobody could steal it yeah right right and uh man i was that was a smart thing to do really you know yeah i've heard that before that that's a well yeah a you, tip. you're a pretty sharp dude but mm-hmm. rab come on man well, I thought the whole hood was going to flood out, you know? Yeah. yeah. But it didn't flood up close to Charters Mm-mm. where I was at. Yeah. Did you end up staying? Because uh, I know I left in sort of a little convoy with Dean, Dean Kegler. Uh, he got us out. We kind of piled up in the back of his truck. Um, my dumb ass, like, didn't even fill my van up with gas before the thing. I, 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 oh, yeah, let's not even go there. But yeah. So, uh, um, but we got out. Um, and got to Baton Rouge in the back, and that was that was the sixth day, I think, sixth or seventh. What day did you end up getting out of there? Man, I probably left ten days after, something like that. Yeah, ten when, days when ten the beer ran out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you mark your days with how many beers to drink, how many beers are left. I uh, so since I, so I was in the neighborhood for three days. I was three days in Mid City, three days in the neighborhood. And I passed by BJ's, but like what, uh, in what way did BJ's, what did BJ's do during uh, Katrina? It was open. I know Carlos said, take what you want, but then how late, how long did BJ's stay open? And, or was there someone that was staying there and protecting it uh, during this time period? It was pretty much every man for himself after that. Yeah. You know, you know, the thing that I got a weird kick out of yeah. was watching neighborhood guys They'd all have these long rifles and stuff. And yeah. I never knew people had that many guns around yeah. here. We're, we're going on patrol. Oh, oh yeah. They, they'd be looking out for stuff, you know? Yeah. But that, I, yeah, that's that. But that is, I tell people about this, that like, it took about three days after the cops left before shit just went like Mad Max on it like right. yeah. I mean like for real so people so you get like these vigilante motherfuckers going out there with their guns going on patrol because you know and that's why people started to leave is because at night you'd hear these groups of people outside like like and you just I'd just be in the house like yeah. stay, just stay quiet so they know you ain't in here because who knows what the fuck you know and so and you know you had kids that were stealing those city buses that were up on the levee yeah i remember that and they just going i guess you just start them by pushing the button right and they're just going like full speed just crashing into shit just for fun sure you know i mean it was like it went from it took like three days before the society just completely collapsed well it makes sense i mean when nobody's there helping you know when you're not getting any support from the the national government and you got so you kind of yeah you got no consequences for what you do well yeah that and also i mean you know it's never going to be the best version of everybody when <laughs> there's n- nobody's helping you no you know and i think a lot of people let out their anger and shit too it makes by, sense by you like feel abandoned i'm sure um people were h- holding people up for gasoline you know like i heard some guy was like you know you you'd go under the cars and you'd 
you'd you'd screw a hole into the gas can and then and the gas would just come instead right, of yeah. funneling it out mm-hmm. and guy comes out with his with his bucket of gas and a gun to his head give me that fucking gas dude <laughs> that's where it was that, yeah. yeah but um like i said rebel i you know i will never be able to thank you enough for for that because you know he didn't have to do that totally yeah yeah and he um, stood by you he stood by me yeah. and like we made it all the way through and we got back and uh, we got back safely and i got out like a couple of days later mm-hmm. and who knows what would happen if reb wouldn't have come with me i, I don't know but uh I don't think you could have rode that thing by yourself. I don't. I know I couldn't have, man. Yeah. Um. You know, and it, yeah, it, it was wild, but you know, we stuck together, and, and and that's one of those things about BJ's and those community bars is like when I showed up, you know, and I, there we go. I lost my mic. Yeah. When when I showed back up in the neighborhood, who helped me? Who was it? It was the regulars at BJ's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, it was to down to each person that helped me out. It was Phil, it was Rebel, it was Johnny Kippers. You know, it was you know the the gang helped me out, and that was like, damn, no wonder I love BJ so much. I can save my life. Yeah. Hello. Praise, <laughs> praise BJ's forever. <laughs> you know who I've been trying to get to come on? Jimmy Lala. Who is Jimmy Lala? He's another artist, painter, and regular yeah. old regular at, at BJ's. But he's uh, uh, he said he's busy. Well, he might be. He's swamped. Sure. You know, but yeah, uh, yeah. maybe one day we'll Keep get trying. him on here. Um, so Reb, what are you gonna do to d- with the rest of your day? You know, you got th- I got that tab running all day for you. <laughs> well, that's uh, scary. You just heard about how much <laughs> he'll take from you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I got my painting I'm going to try to finish oh, yeah. if I don't get too drunk. And uh, let me see. Been a rough morning. I uh, gave the dog a bath. Oh, oh that's nice. fast Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Fast Eddie. W- walked him around some to get him dried up. Mm-hmm. He sleeps in the bed with me. So, you know, you got to try to keep the fleas out. Definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, when you when you first rolled in, I was like, "Where's Eddie, man?" Like, I guess you're right. He's always with you. I know. You gotta go get. You gotta go get Eddie first, probably. Yeah, that dog controlling my life, man. I know, <laughs> I know man. He's a good dog. That's though. what they do. He's a good dog. Um, well, Reb, man, thank you so much for coming on. Dude. Yeah, this has been right. great. Uh, Thanks for talking to us. I know. Is there anything else you want to tell us about uh, BJ's Lounge and and all that shit? Well. You never see me again because I'm one of the old folks around here and I might drink myself to death any day now. Oh my fucking God. Well, uh, w- with that positive note. <laughs> We're cutting off the bar tab. <laughs> bar tab cut off. Right, thanks, Rebel. We love having you. Yeah, thanks, Reb. And uh, for those of you out there, uh, when you come to the bar, ask the bartender, show me the, the John Carr pieces. Um, yeah, and hit, up, uh, hit him up for a commission. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, and also you have a few, a few pieces probably at the house that you could sell right now, huh? Yeah, I got a few, and yeah. the one I'm working on, I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, I saw it. It's, it's going to take a special breed of man to buy that painting, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, Maybe it's you out there, listener. Uh, come on down, BJZians. Buy some of, of uh, John Carr's work because uh, it's unique, it's special. Uh, it'll be worth a lot of money in a few years. Spend uh, all your money on local art. Yes. Keep it in the community, people. Yeah. 
All right, Reb. Uh, we'll see you later, man. Peace out. Adios. Rebel Carr. <laughs> what a gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Man, he keeps me laughing. Every uh, I, A lot of the time at, at BJ's, I'll, I'll say something to him just knowing that you know, waiting for him to respond in some weird, funny way. Sure. I, he keeps me entertained at the bar all the time. He's very subtle. He know? has a very dry mm-hmm. uh, way of, of, uh, of responding to things, but he always puts a nice twist on it. Um, yeah. I, uh, I did this thing <laughs> that you'll hear. I'm going to play after this, mm-hmm. this chat GBJ right, yes. bit. <laughs> yes. I'm looking forward to it. So I had, I had been really, thinking about this bit for a long time a long time and guess what it didn't work out the way i had hoped (laughs) i can't say that i'm really surprised but i liked uh, you know the dedication you had to this bit yeah well uh so we you know the idea is you get an ai and we got a new ai but it was called jet chat gbj right and uh and i would ask it questions and it would answer in rebel's voice Yes. So I had Rebel do that. Um, and, uh, stick around; you'll hear how it turned out. Uh, but <laughs> um, we're all we're all at the edge of our uh, seats. Needless, okay. Needless to say, I had a hard time getting Rebel to do what I wanted him to do. Yeah, I mean, when we tried to <laughs> initiate this bit, he was like, "I gotta go get a beer." Yeah, <laughs> I'll be back maybe. I knew that he was, um, you know, not gonna do it exactly the way I want. But he he's a wild stallion. You know, and he so he he just did did what he wanted, and it turned out pretty funny. Sure, um, yeah. Um, so so stick around for that, and and another funny story. Um, he's full of stories, and I you know his accent. You know, he sounds it sounds Texas to me. It doesn't like it doesn't sound Florida, but I guess like I truly don't know. I mean, I'm not the expert at it, but I enjoy listening back yeah it's i I love his his accent it's great it's like it's so so distinct and and he he sounds like a folk artist like when you know his paintings if you look at his paintings Mm -hmm. the way he paints and stuff it's like he it's he fits it's it's congruent with what he who he is is congruent with his artwork yeah you know yeah i I mean it's this folky kind of the one with frank zappa with his tan line where his chonies should be (laughs) that's the one i like (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) um and where is that one i don't know so i don't that austin has that one oh austin has that one yeah so you know many of the regulars own own pieces done Mm -hmm. by rebel because i think the first place he brings them when he finishes them is to the bar and says if anybody wants to buy them and you you can get them for a pretty pretty good deal too um but uh you know a couple things in that interview listening back to it um you know his thing about johnny white's Right. And yeah, we looked into it. Yeah, I said it was still open. It is not. It's not. No, it closed in uh, three years ago in twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. When a lot of bars were going under with the pandemic. Yeah. Um. And uh. But uh, it's it that bar was. In, I remember going there. Really. Off of Bourbon Street and mm-hmm. going in that bar and you know and and it felt like a neighborhood bar. Yeah, I mean, I would assume neighborhood bars are hard to keep going in the quarter. Yeah. It was, These days. It's a real kind of narrow bar, you know, and it, it's what you would think of. Yeah. But but when you went in there, you you didn't feel like there were a lot of tourists. It felt like, you That's know, nice. like, like regulars from, from 
whatever the neighborhood is, but it was there for like 50, over 50 years. Yeah. The pandemic took out so many places. Yeah. Um, but it is one of those things where you look at, you know, you can't expect shit to last forever, you know, no. uh, uh, you know, but you can, you can fight it a lot, you know, but neighborhoods change, man. It's just like, you know, um, and, uh, but this dude, Johnny White, it sounds like he was a really interesting dude. Like he was a PE teacher and a coach. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, he opened that bar and he lived above it and he kept it open 24 hours a day. Jesus fucking well, Christ. Well, because like in the in the quarter, like the, the service industry people. No, for sure. I mean, there's business work. to yeah. be had. Yeah, like yeah but he all was. Hours. Uh, but he was, he exemplifies, that, that story exemplifies like the value of that of a space like that mm-hmm. you know like rebel coming off the road with his duffel bag and the dude just yeah. and the owner of the bar just being like oh you need a job and well he's like well here go find yourself one here, here you go, go young man right you know i'll i'll give you a hand and uh you know that kind of stuff happens in in dive bars all the time all yeah. the time like yeah, where yeah. people where you get a hand you know for if, sure you're like hey i need this thing done and yeah if you're if you're kind you know, yeah, I mean, don't be a fucking asshole. If you're a fucking asshole, you're not getting anywhere. No. Um, but you know, you hang around long enough, and you, I mean, you don't even have to really be kind. You just need to hang out and not be a dick. I yeah, I feel like there's a difference between <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't have to be like overtly nice, but no. you can't be an asshole. No, I mean, if you, you hang around long enough, um, uh, at BJ's or or bars like it. Um, and you know, even if you keep to yourself, you know, some stuff happens, people need help and you know, you, you end up getting in the mix. The next thing you know, you're, you know, you're in with the fam. Yeah. You know, next um, thing you know, you're breaking down a tent in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. You're, you're getting to work. You're getting rubbed. You're, you're laying pavers in the backyard, baby. You're, you're, you're doing some, you're moving the stage. Get to work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but uh, so you know that was cool. Um, it was kind of it was nice to relive the uh, the uh, Katrina thing, you know. Right. Yeah. As 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 crazy as that was, uh, you know, I I am not bullshitting about that. Like uh, our souls are intertwined because of that. Um, it was a huge, huge event in my. Life. It was probably the most in my life besides witnessing the birth of my children sure yeah was the most intense uh, event of my life uh, i believe it absolutely the most memorable yeah. and he was there with me so uh you know he i owe him uh, gratitude that i will never be able to pay because it was it was so such a big favor that he did for me yeah i'm uh, sure he didn't think that much about it i'm sure he was just like let's ride <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man, let's go. I know he—he's that kind of person. Yeah. Um, um, what else struck you about the about the interview? Anything else? I just enjoyed it every second of it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I was happy to have him on. I'm looking forward to all of his future work and uh, all of uh, the moments of his dry, dry humor. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, uh, you know, our listeners, I guess, maybe didn't know that you too are a painter. Yeah, I just like to, you know, just slip out little bits of information yeah. about myself yeah. at little times. I know. It's none of y'all's business. <laughs> <laughs> well, you let it I'm slip. I'm just kidding. Come on, you y'all. You let it slip now. Come and, come and have a conversation. Yeah. Howie is, a, is a, an amazing, amazing painter. In Thank fact, um, she did one on um, 
uh, on the barber chair. That is true. There is a whole work uh, um, that you're not allowed to buy because that's mine. <laughs> I'm we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, that, we'll see if someone outbids you. That one belongs to, to BJ's Lounge. But if you ever want to see her work, you know where to find her. Um, and uh, so, you know, as we said in the intro, mm-hmm. I think our calendar was pretty well established. We uh, really got into it because we were so excited about everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, we're going to leave the calendar out. Um, yeah. Come on Thursday. We expect to see all of your beautiful faces. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be a beautiful night, and it's important, so and come don't eat sleep on that, please. Come eat wings, too. Yeah, and come eat wings and listen to Tuba Skinny and uh, yeah. the Hank Williams non-tribute tribute <laughs> band, <laughs> and um, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. So um, Just because the Saints aren't playing doesn't mean that you have to get, sit at home by yourself. No, that's why we do it, man. It's like the Saints aren't playing. We still get together on Sunday and, and eat together, you know? Mm-hmm. I I feel like non-church church, like, dude. That's the fucking reason why. Saint, you know, like when I go to the Saints at, at BJ's, like I'm going there to like hang out with people. I'm not even really going to watch the game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, not that we don't care, but yeah, I mean, I'm there for the ambiance. I'm starting to not care. They fucking sucked so bad this last week. I but, didn't watch that game. Um, but I really enjoyed watching the game before. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, you, you, yeah. One bad, you know. Yeah, yeah it's not. Just it's think about the good times. You try to think <laughs> about the good times and the good food. And the good food, man. Um. Anyway, we can ramble, can't we? We can ramble on and on and on. And apparently we can. Um, yes. But uh, anyways, we love you. BJ's loves you. Um, we look forward to seeing your faces over here at the lounge in the next week, next yeah. week or two. Um, we'll be back with you in a couple weeks with a with a new episode. We're gonna close out with another song from the Daiquiri Queens. Hell yeah! Um, take it away, Queens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Every time it's weirder. All right. Thanks See you next bye. time. Bye.
Well, I've, I've been working on the boats out of like the Golden Meadow area for about a year. And I was staying at this place called the Terrio Hotel in Golden Meadow between jobs. Yeah. And uh, one day I got a call to go to work. I showed up on this big old anchor pulling supply boat. It was called the A&W Martin. Okay. I show up on the boat, throw my duffel bag on my bunk, went out on the deck, and I, and I lit one. Uh-huh. What's yours? Well, yeah. Yeah. The captain say... He tell me, said, I ain't smell no weed before you got on here. I better not smell it again. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, that's cool. So a few hours later, this crew gets on the boat, like a 12-man anchor pulling crew. Yeah. And uh, they did the same thing I did. So they searched the boat high and low. Yeah. These dudes brought a pound of weed with them. What? Yeah, man. What? So, the captain and the engineer, they searched the whole boat, and they found the weed. They, they'd hid it back in the chain locker. Yeah. The captain called me up to the wheelhouse, and he goes, is this yours? I look at that pound of weed. I said, yeah. I snatched it out of his hand and it ran off the boat. We was at the dock, you know. <laughs> I mean, day one, I'm a pound ahead. <laughs> so, now, I, le- I left my duffel bag behind, oh, no. took off running, Hitch a ride back from uh, Grand Isle to back to Golden Meadow. Mm-hmm. I'm laid up in the Terrell Hotel selling weed, living high on the hog. Yeah. And about 12 days later, these guys show up at the bar hotel there. Oh, no. And they start thanking me for saving their jobs. Oh, and they start shit. handing me $20 bills. And they gave me my duffel bag of clothes back. No shit. Yeah, bro. That was like the best thing ever happened to me. <laughs> This was around 1980, I believe. Dude, that is amazing, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's probably the thing. You know, that's probably not the right thing you should have done. For me, it was. <laughs> well, in the end, yeah, <laughs> it worked out. Yeah, I saved all them guys' jobs and stuff. You know. Didn't you find a bunch of money in the corner one time too? Oh, I, I told Bobby Lewis that story. Yeah, he loved tell, it. Tell me that story. That was man. Good. I think I was about 18 or 19. Man, I, I woke up hungry. I don't even know where I woke up at. But I was wishing I had me 60 cent to go eat some red beans down at Buster Homes. Yeah. And right on the corner I'm standing on, I think it was Orleans and Bourbon. This woman walks up and she finds this wad of money, like eight feet from where I'm standing at. Right. And I looked at her. She, she was looking at this other lady. She goes, look, Martha, look what I found. And I walked up to her. I said, put that money back. I'm an undercover police. and waiting for the dealer to come get it. She tiptoed back over in that corner and laid that money back where it was. I went over there and snatched it up. Man, I had red beans with side meat and a Barks root beer that day. Plus more. It was like a couple hundred in that roll, dog. You fucking rascal. Yeah, man got to do what a man got to do, right? Second best day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, those are good, man. It's good to be able to think fast when you especially when you can't run fast. All right, so I got this new um AI app 
Uh, it's called Chat GBJ. Um, haven't used it yet, but uh, I just downloaded. It. I'm gonna check and see how that, if this if this works. Let me start with something easy. Let's see. Uh, Chat GBJ. What is two plus two? Twenty two. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think maybe it heard me correctly. <laughs> let me let me try again. Uh, Chat GBJ. What is two plus two? Well, if you think small, it's four, but for me, it's twenty two. Ah, it really works. <laughs> this thing really works. Um, well, let me ask you something else. Chat GBJ. Hmm. What is it? Uh, what's a dive bar? That's where you dive in and swim out. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Chat GBJ. What is the difference, or uh, what is a five star dive bar? It's. Uh Better than a four-star dive bar. <laughs> hmm. Wow. I'm not sure I, this app is really what I thought it would be. Um, let me see that. Let me try this one. Uh, Chat GBJ. What is the difference between a Republican and a Democrat? I've never voted. I don't know. Uh, Chat GBJ. Um what is the proper consumable amount of alcohol while sitting at the bar at BJ's Lounge? Uh, depends on if you want to walk or call a cab. 